uh, nine months. Uh, and yet, the first thing he has to say is no, his name is actually John. <laughs> so, okay, so he has to put his, first, his priorities on the back burner, I guess. And then he goes into this song. And um, yeah, we've heard it just now. And there's something that I get a bit stuck on. Um, peace. So he says something like, we are saved, we are rescued from our enemies, from those who hate us. We are now free. And he culminates in uh, that Jesus, or that this child, not his, but the child that his child is going to announce, will lead us to the path of peace. And I get stuck on that because, really? Really? If you know the story of Christmas, then you know that the arrival of Jesus sparks a child massacre. Peace, right? And the arrival of Jesus marks the beginning of a peace movement which endures immense violence. Peace. And the same peace movement also doles out immense violence in its own right. Peace? Really? Seriously? To be fair, child killing and persecution of people groups aren't new today, and they weren't new 2,000 years ago either. So Jesus' arrival didn't change that. It didn't start with it, it didn't end with it. But what, what has changed? Jesus was heralded as the Prince of Peace. And the angels sang, Peace on Earth. What is all this chatter of peace about? I don't know about you, but I have to say for myself, either this chatter of peace, excuse the word, is nonsense, or we're missing something. And knowing my own intellect, well, it's probably the latter. <laughs> so I embarked on a mission to ponder this and to try and educate myself on it. Um, but ultimately, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> so um, I think where this leads me is to wonder what even is peace? I think that is a really important question uh, and one that I believe is woven into the fabric of what we call scripture. It may not show up black on white, but I think it's very much in there. For example, in the very beginning, we see that there was perfect peace in the garden. You know, read Genesis 2 and it's like, wow, I wish the book ended here. <laughs> perfect peace for about a page. And then violence starts, and the peace is gone, it seems. 
And I think we're invited to wonder what even is peace if it's that fragile? It doesn't take much to upset it. And then in the next 500 pages or so, we see how Israel becomes a nation and so desperately wants to live in peace in a place that they took by force. Hmm. What even is peace if it is so messy and so seemingly arbitrary? And then after that, we see the beginning days of the peace movement, the church. And in the pages of the Bible, we see how it starts to endure great violence. What is peace if we just can't have it? Not even Jesus' peace movement can have peace. As I said, your guess is as good as mine. But I have the mic. So I'll get, share my guess first. <laughs> but I mean it. Uh, I really, I don't want this to come across as some kind of traditional authoritative sermon message in some way. This is really me sharing my own reflection. And as it tends to happen with reflection is there are more questions than answers. But that doesn't upset me because... I think that there are situations where the right question is better than the right answer. Well, is more important than the right answer. So, I do believe that there is an answer to this question. What even is peace? Um, but it might not be, it might not come in the form that we expected. Let me explain. I think this answer is actually similar to another to the answer of another question, and that's the question of what is truth? Um, we think of truth as a concept, you know, some kind of sterile concept in our minds. Uh, it's a standard, perhaps. It's a quality. Um, and I think as humanity, we benefit from that. I think we have realized we need some kind of external arbitrator that we can refer to and that you know, it's going to call the shots. You know, this is right, this is wrong. This is correct, this is false. But probably all of you have experienced in the last three or so years um, that people have different standards. You know, they have different arbitrators and they all say this is the truth. And then it comes down to, well, truth according to whom? CNN or Fox? Yeah, vaccine good or bad? Which science do you believe? So what even is truth? I think it boils then down to who is truth? And who is truth? Right, the question isn't so much what is truth, it's actually who is truth? And we've come to this conclusion even outside of the Bible and the Bible is not foreign to this. The Bible actually says, Jesus says of himself, I am the truth. Questions answered. <laughs> there it is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if truth is a person, um, that 
brings some challenges to us because I think that means we cannot fully understand truth. We can only get to know truth, like we get to know a person. And we can learn to love truth. But that's, you know, do we think of truth in this way in our daily lives? It, it feels maybe a bit cumbersome, a bit complicated. And I think we have similar challenges with the topic of peace. We think of peace as a concept as an idea, maybe a feeling, but even that feeling we then again define by some concept, and that's most of the time the absence of violence. So if, if you were asked what is peace, and this would be the answer you give, you may inwardly nod. <laughs> it's certainly me. But then maybe upon a second thought you go, mm, well, I'm not in control of the violence around me, but at least if I'm not bothered, then I'm at peace. There's still peace then inside. If, again, if that's you, you may silently nod. That was me. Um, perhaps just hearing it this way, maybe you already realized something. If that's the standard, then no wonder Peace is scarce. It's hard to come by. No wonder peace is uneasy. And no wonder it is passive. And I think that's an easy pitfall for a church who defines itself by what we don't do and what we're against. So I'm not saying this congregation does that, but I think if you reflect on the church as a whole, how often do we do that, maybe? So these definitions of peace, well, there's no, no fighting and I'm not bothered. They are part of peace. I believe they are not bad things, but they are outcomes of peace. But they aren't peace in and of themselves. It's like they make a very incomplete definition of peace. It's like saying, ice is when it's cold. Well, I mean, you also need water. And you also need a specific kind of cold. <laughs> Colder than a certain point to get ice. Right? So it's a very, it, it leaves out a lot. So then, Ronald, what is peace? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. What if we instead asked, who is peace? What if we looked at the life of Jesus and realized peace is a person? Peace is alive and it's active. Peace is feeding the hungry, healing the sick, comforting the weary, reconciling the broken. Notice, there are still the hungry, the sick, the broken, the weary, but they're not alone. They can be at peace because peace comes to them. There is peace that is kept, as in we don't fight. And there is peace that is made. And how much of which 
do you see in Jesus' life? Now to our earlier questions. What if we looked at the life of Jesus and realized peace is fragile and messy and fleeting because that's what human relationships are? And we are human, you know, we're needy, we're moody, we're weak. We can only have human relationships with Jesus and also with peace. And that's why it's hard to have it. <laughs> it takes effort to build a relationship and to keep it. What if we looked at the life of Jesus and realized peace is found in our relationship with Jesus and not in the absence of violence. Violence was not absent in the life of Jesus, but he made peace anyway. Violence was not absent. Indeed, the most peaceful human being felt the sum total of violence that this world can come up with. What an irony. And Jesus is the only innocent human being ever to exist. And what does humanity do with him? You know, as if we can't handle innocence. As if we can't handle peace. And yet, Jesus never stopped making peace. Not then and not now. So, in summary, peace is more than a concept. Peace is alive, and it's found in relationship with Jesus. And here's some homework that I have for you. First, optional homework. Ponder the intersection of peace and patience, or the intersection of peace and trust. I have a feeling that there's lots to be gained there. And secondary, this is mandatory homework. What if today, despite uncertainty, despite anxiety, sadness, maybe even anger, whatever you feel currently, maybe you even feel at peace. But regardless of all of that, we join Jesus and we actually make a little peace. Feed someone. Care for someone. Hug someone. Listen to someone. And then ask yourself, how do these things affect violence and relationships? And that's unfortunately all I've got for you today. <laughs> I have a, a, you know, I'm not, um, what's the, ignorant to the fact that, you know, I did not answer the question that probably is in the room, but how do we get peace? <laughs> we have, you know, I just trashed your perhaps idea of what peace is and then okay here's a loose idea of what peace is and then how do we get there i think you know better than i do really i think there's a lot of wisdom in these ranks and i'm very eager to listen to that instead <laughs> i'll give it over to andrew from here <laughs>